Yeah, we're good. Okay, so welcome everybody. Today is Friday, July 2nd, 2021. This is Get Smarter and Make Stuff, the podcast. Today, um, I'm uh, thrilled to welcome onto the show uh, a guest uh, who I have known all of his life and a pretty substantial portion of mine. Um, he's uh, a maker and a learner like all my guests um, and also happens to be uh, one of my brothers. I am referring to Clint Clint Andera, welcome to the show. Hello, it is good to be here. It's good to have you here. Um, I so one of the things about us is that we uh, look pretty similar. Um, maybe we'll put a picture up for people. Really, I don't know if we'll subject people to that. But one of the other things we've been told is that we sound very much alike. In fact, there's an amusing story involving our mother talking to me for a good five minutes before realizing she wasn't talking. To you, uh, my wife used to call the house and have to be very, very certain of who she was speaking with before she continued the conversation. So I'm hoping that won't be a barrier for our guests today. But when I go edit, I may have to like pan you hard left and me hard right or something just to make sure people can uh, can tell us apart. But I think they'll be able to to tell in part because you'll be the one saying intelligent things and I'll be the one saying things the way I usually do, which is different. So. Uh... <laughs> I had forgotten about that story, and I would be curious uh, to you know uh, from the listeners uh, what what they think. I there was a an image of uh, actually was an image you had sent of somebody uh, that looked like me, and you kind of sent it out and said, yeah. "Remind you of anybody?" And uh, and then I shared that with uh, a couple of friends, and and one of them said, "I don't I don't see it." Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, and I just I thought that was interesting, so. Uh, be interesting what uh, what the audio side of that is from other people's perspectives. Right. Yeah. No. One of the things I I would love to hear from people, and they can you know throw us a a yell on Twitter or uh, drop comments on the on the website, or we actually post all the episodes on YouTube as well. That would be especially helpful. One of the things that happens with YouTube is they they very much reward you for getting comments um, even more than than likes. So. Uh, um, you know, I don't want to like beg for comments, but it would be an awesome way to hear from people about whether they think we sound at all alike. So cool idea. Um, so yeah, so, you know, I think people kind of have, have listened to the show before they know the organizing principle of this show is, you know, it's about making and learning. And, um, you and I have had a chance to talk a lot about these topics. Uh, you know, I was just at your house actually not that long ago. I traveled to, to Minnesota where you live and we got a chance to spend some time in your shop where you've been doing a bunch of interesting things. So, you know, it's a pretty casual conversation. Um, I don't have anything in super particular that I wanted to talk to you about. Just know that we've both been interested in, you know, the idea of, um, you know, building things and, and learning things for a long time. So maybe I'll I'll throw it to you. What what have you been making or learning or thought about making or learning that's that's on your mind or of interest to you? Yeah, so um, it was uh, fun. We went out and uh, purchased um, a hand plane, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, when you were in town, and so woodworking is something that uh, you know I I struggle to call myself a, a woodworker. Um, I, I make things. It tends to be out of wood. It tends to be out of pine because it's cheap, um, and um, the idea of getting into you know hand tools a little bit more. I did a lot with you know, routers and table saws and chop saws and, um, and, uh, was inspired by you. Cause that's something that, that you've, uh, been passionate about. And, and, uh, I've, I've seen that and, um, 
Also starting to appreciate that it's a lot quieter. Um, oh, you mean hand tool work? Yeah, hand tools, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, uh, you know, you can just kind of go down in the shop. And so, um, and like all good, you know, projects, uh, you, you know, I, I've made a lot of jigs. Um, the, mm-hmm. the, the thing I made most recently uh, was some table legs for some audio equipment. And so I'm going to kind of, it's kind of, as I was looking over projects, there's, there's a crossroads. So the, the making and learning is music. Uh, and then uh, over the last year seems to be things related to music where I've made things. Um, and so one of the reasons I have to leave uh, tonight a little after five here is I have a band and I put quotation marks around that. Uh, but uh, a group of friends that we've been uh, making music together and learning uh, about music for the last year. And, and so that's been a lot of fun. Um, and to the point where on that front, um, I actually did a lot of learning about uh, Western music theory mm-hmm. uh, and the approach I, I ended up taking because it was something I had been, you know, studying and learning bits about. But you, know, you watch a bunch of random YouTube channels, you get a bunch of information, you get, you know, you're like, I've heard of that. I don't understand it. I don't know what it is. And I don't know how to draw on it. Uh you know, yeah, in my own play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And so, um, so what I decided to do for uh, the Western music theory was I asked the people I played with, I said, would you be interested if I learn and then taught a class? Uh, and so I actually put together, uh, I think we did four sessions uh, of Western music theory. Um, and, and that really helped me to, uh, approach it from a kind of a systematic way, right? I need to present information. I want to be ready. How am I going to organize this? How am I going to help it make sense to me, but also to other people? Uh, and so I really learned a lot through doing that um, and enjoyed it. Uh, and it was helpful because in the pandemic, we couldn't get together and play uh, as much. We did do some backyard, uh, very cold weather jams, you know, uh, <laughs> zero, zero to 10 degrees. Um, Yikes. So, uh, yeah, you, it turns out you can play, uh, you might be in tune, but you don't care. <laughs> so I mean, much. I'm a, I'm a finger style bass player. I think I would last about four seconds before I either stuck to the strings or my fingers snapped off. Yeah. It's, uh, the guitar strings were, were a little chilly. So, um, and that's, that's what I play is, uh, primarily guitar, um, finger style. Uh, although I've been doing more flat picking, uh, lately trying to learn that as well. Um, and I have a pile of instruments. Uh, I have banjo. Uh, I have a fiddle. I just bought a tin whistle. Um, what else do I have? A mandolin, um, and then like three or four guitars. Um, that's awesome. So I, yeah. So I, I'm that's super interesting. Actually, I'm, I'm really interested in this idea of you know teaching as a mechanism for learning because you know I mean I I spent some time as a instructor you know this about me maybe not everybody in the audience Mm -hmm. does you know i I taught um classes on you know topics in computer programming and uh it was an awesome way to learn in a really deep way certain aspects of technology i mean there's still no substitute for doing but i mean you know these classes were pretty deep and we also had a reputation for uh being able to go as deep as people wanted. I, I, my, my biggest fear actually was that someone was going to ask a question that I didn't know the answer to off the top of my head, which looking back seems a little bit ridiculous. Like, why is it such a big deal to say, 
I don't know. I've looked that up, but, but it was a huge motivator for me. And, um, I would, you know, like go in and say, Oh, well, what is the third argument of this API? What, you know, what does it mean if that's three instead of two? And it, it really forced me to go deep. So I, I'm wondering, you know, hearing you say that you decided to teach a class is really, really interesting. Like just as a tech, as a learning technique, what kind of made you think to do that? Is it something that you've done before for other things? You know, not something necessarily that I've wanted to learn. I, I've I've taught you know uh, classes or sessions on on various technologies uh, for work um, over the years, but but I hadn't uh, I hadn't taught something um, that I wanted to learn. And I think the you know you kind of hit on that right. What what if I get something wrong? Mm-hmm. And in this particular case, I had a group of like minded individuals who were all learning together. Um, I had the desire to do the deep dive, uh, to do, you know, do the research. Uh, and they had the interest in, in learning from that. Uh, my, my biggest fear in asking initially was they were all going to say, no, I really don't. I really don't want to learn. I just, you know, I just want to get together and play. Um, and then I didn't know what I, you know, well, how am I going to learn <laughs> music theory if I can't teach this class. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but they all said, yeah, that, that sounds great. Um, and so, and then for me, what the reason I thought about going and, and teaching a class was because it would kind of force me into, you know, that structuring and cataloging and organizing it, uh, so that, um, I think, you know, would cement it in my mind, um, because, as I learned about things online, right, you, I would catch snippets or things in different orders or uh, people would come at it from a certain way and I would understand it. But when I then organized it and thought about the whole thing um, and I put it in a logical way that made sense to me uh, and I could only hope that it would make sense to the people I was teaching it to. Um, and there were some cases I, you know, I went too technical or too deep uh, for some people's interest um, or maybe too fast uh, but, uh, you know, we, we worked through that. They asked questions. Um, and the other thing was, you know, I was a little worried about getting things wrong cause it's, you know, it's, it's, a uh, it's a technical field, but there, you know, there's also, I think some nuance and opinion, uh, you know, within, you know, what do you call things and, and, uh, and how do you approach them? What's their relationships? Um, you know, but, when I did get things wrong, then I would just correct that, you know, the, mm. the next class and say, hey, I, I did a little more research on this. And a lot of times because somebody asked a question, you know, like you mentioned, right, they asked a question and, and, and made me think about it a different way and go back and look at what my assumptions were or how I interpreted what I read. Um, sometimes I just made a typo and, uh, and it turns out, you know, I did, I did know it, but I just wrote it down wrong and that's what I (laughs) presented. So, so, um, so it's interesting because I, when I was teaching, um, I discovered after a while that, um, I didn't really love teaching. I worked with people who really genuinely, um, you know, got off on standing in front of a classroom people and saying a thing, even for the 20 or 30th time and seeing kind of the light bulb go off for people. And, um, that was not, I mean, I didn't mind it. Um, that was never really my jam. I realized that after a while, the part that I really dug was teaching the class the first uh, roughly three times. 
Um, and there were some of the classes I taught, I taught, you know, 30 or 40 times and by the 20th or 30th, it was autopilot. It wasn't, you know, painful, but it wasn't, I wasn't really, um, enjoying it. If somebody said, Hey, you're done teaching this class now, I would have been like, great. But the reason that I liked teaching it the first three times, no matter what was because that's when I was still learning. That's when I would say things out loud and go, Oh, okay. That actually just crystallized a little bit. And then also the, the prep was also a big deal for me. So I'm I'm curious to hear your take on, you know, how much of the value for you was in assembling the class and then how much of it was in delivering it because it's something I haven't thought about in a long time, but I used to use, you know, I used to have an approach towards, uh, you know, studying for a class, whether I was producing the material or I was preparing material, um, that just briefly looked very much like writing down every question I could think of and then writing down the answers to those. But I'm, but I'm wondering, and I haven't used that in a long time and it kind of makes me think, Oh, maybe I should go back to that. It sounds like such a good idea what Clint did, but I'm kind of curious to get your take on where the split was between delivering it and prepping it. Like, could you have gotten 80% of the value if you had written the class, you know, it, and then set the PowerPoint slides on fire and walked away from it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, sometimes is definitely a desire with PowerPoint <laughs> when you're making them. Um, yeah, it's a really good question. And and as, and as you were kind of uh, you know, talking about that, uh, you know, that split and that experience and, and repeating, I was thinking, boy, would I want to teach, you know, this class over and over again? Um, and I, I think the answer is probably no. Uh, I think I would do it a handful of times but that the majority of the value was in the prep because mm. it forced me to think about the whole picture, right? What, what are all the components, uh, you know, the, the, the root, you know, the root base of, of, you know, tones and notes and then scales, keys, chords, right? So that was the progression that I built to start um, to, to break it down and say, okay, this is going to be several classes. Here's how I'm going to organize it. And then, to dig into each one of those, but you know, as I did it, I would learn things or find things that might fit in one of those other categories uh, and and bring them back. Uh, and so I would I spent a fair amount of time on the first two sessions, um, and then I had a lot of the material, you know, for the kind of the third and fourth session uh, that came out of that. Um, but. Then the teaching, like the act of teaching, cemented it. And so I think that, you know, that 80 20 split, uh, right, for kind of, you know, made up numbers of, of what was <laughs> sure. the value that, that <laughs> what are the it probably holds. Yeah. The units are, are thinks. How many yep. thinks was it? Yeah. Yeah. So it, you know, that, that opportunity, one, it was the deadline, right? Having the deadline, sure. if we set this on the calendar, there are going to be, be people there. I want to be prepared. Um, and so that, you know, that helped. Uh, but then two, to walk through it and, ha you know, where, where did they have questions? Where, you know, where, where did I completely lose them? Um, and, uh, you know, where, where, did, where did they lose interest, right? Because they started having side conversations or, you know, chats on the, <laughs> you sure. know, on, on the uh, a Zoom call. Um and, uh, and so going through that then helped me in a lot of cases, look at it, things from a different angle, um, through, you know, through the lens of somebody else. Uh, and then that would, 
you know, kind of cement the concept um, in, in my mind, you know, I would have those kind of same aha moments uh, teaching it mm-hmm. um, where it's like, oh, it made sense. And now it makes even more sense. Um, and, and I have, a, and, and I think uh, I have an experience to, you know, recall, right. There's that moment in time, there's that, that event or that memory of the act of teaching and somebody asking a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I'm trying to remember it, that's what I remember, right. Is sure. the moment rather than just like, Oh, I, I knew this at one point. And, <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know it right now. <laughs> um, so that's really interesting. So would you use this technique again? I mean, we were talking about woodworking very briefly towards the beginning. You know, if you, if you want to, learn everything there is about molding planes or whatever, you know, catches your fancy, would you consider, uh, using writing a class and, or, well, I guess there's not, or, and maybe delivering it, um, as a technique for going deep on that or anything else? Yeah, I, I absolutely would. Um, I think it's, uh, I, I think it's a valuable way. I think the challenge is what, and what worked really well is that I had, you know, a very willing audience and there wasn't, there wasn't an end game or an outcome. So as mm-hmm. you know, we got as far as we got, um, mm-hmm. and, and everybody gained some knowledge out of it. Um, you know, and something that's a little more of a, you know, a physical construct or something, you know, I feel like, well, we have to get somewhere or they need a project that they're going to use this skill in. But I, you know, saying it out loud, it's kind of that, probably should discount that and just toss it out there to, you know, I know plenty of people who have, you know, expressed interest or, you know, said like, Oh, I'd like to know how to do that. Or that, you know, so to say, Hey, uh, you know, I will teach you these, these basics if you want to learn, even if you have nothing, you know, that you're going to do with it right away. Um, I would enjoy it. It would help me. Uh, and if you would enjoy it, let's, you know, let's do that. Um, yeah, it kind of puts me in in the mind of, you know, now that we're able to maybe start, you know, being in the same room with other human beings that we aren't, you know, related to. Um, more often, you know, I, I kind of feel like like a, a learning club or a lecture club would be a neat idea where, you know, every week, whatever, every month, something, you show up and, you know, one of the group has to present something, right? Um, could be music, could be art, could be woodworking, could be whatever. That'd be kind of a I'm sure this thing exists already. I'm, th- I'm sure I'm describing a thing that is already being done by people, but it just, you know, puts me in mind of that. Yeah. Well, I was even thinking about, you know, YouTube channels, right? And, sure. and watching, um, you know, there's there's the handful of kind of, you know, favorite uh, YouTube channels on a particular topic, you know, the, the uh, channel on music theory, the channel on, on hand tools and woodworking. Um, and that effort of putting together, you know, a video and editing and, and teaching has, has value and consuming it is useful. Um, but I wonder if, uh, you know, doing that with a small group of people who are participating, right. Hmm. Either, either in person or, or digitally, you know, I could imagine, you know, hand playing basics, uh, you know, done over a zoom call, uh, with questions, right? You've got a small audience that's, that's, you know, uh, doing live questions. I'm suddenly reminded of science. What was it? Um, 
not Science Friday, but Ira Flato had the science program on yeah, TV. Yeah, he, he did do Science Friday as one of the segments, yeah. but I forget what the weekly one was. But yeah. Yeah, but the, this and and they had the studio audience, and then they would go ask questions. You know, they would do do some experiment, and then they would ask questions of the studio audience. And I, I I've seen one example of that in in the in the YouTube uh, world where it was a maker that um, had somebody in another state that one wanted to make something, and so basically he provided the instruction and then the guy provided videos back of his progress and mm-hmm. where he went wrong and what he learned. And so they did this kind of not real time, um, but tra- you know, uh, pen pals, right. Video pals going back <laughs> yep. and forth on, on it. Uh, and that was, um, that was an interesting take, uh, on, on kind of the teaching learning, um, dynamic. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm down for it. Let's let's make it happen, right? I mean, I've got a YouTube channel, you've got a YouTube channel. Like let's let's I'm not suggesting anything in particular right now. I'm just saying, you know, if you're interested, we'll, we'll talk about this offline, but like yeah. that's totally something I would do and and put out there. I think people would dig it. I'll also throw it back to the audience as well, you know, again, um, you know, yell on Twitter, um, you know, you know, drop a comment on YouTube, whatever. You know, there's a million ways to reach certainly me, um, you know, and let me know if you think that would be cool, if you'd want to participate, what kind of stuff you'd like to see. That would all be interesting feedback to get. Um, I want to come back to uh, something you said earlier. You're like, I don't think of myself as a woodworker. And I I, I kind of get it, right? Like I, I understand whether it's imposter syndrome or whatever. Um, but I thought I'd maybe put it directly to you. Like, why why is that? Because I've seen the things that you make and they are useful functional things um in some cases they are you know, i mean and when you attempt to build them for aesthetics they are also beautiful things right like you you are fully capable of doing as good a work as as the rest of us so what makes you say oh, i don't really consider myself a woodworker i think part of it is is the frequency right the dedication mm-hmm. uh to which uh i apply towards, you know, towards the craft. Uh, so I will have projects, uh, for example, I built a, a wooden box drum, a cajon. Mm-hmm. Um, Very cool, I have, by the way. Uh, yeah. And, and can we, uh, we can get yeah. a picture of that. I'd like to get a, anything we talk about. I'll get pictures sure. from you later. We'd love to put yep. them up. I put them on the, um, just in case people aren't aware, sorry to break in, but yeah, before I forget, cause I have a mind like a steel sieve. Um, the, I, when I do the YouTube, uh, version of the podcast, I put, I put it out there, which is nice for two reasons. One is it gives, uh, transcripts or subtitles, um, which is nice. Cause I think a lot of people that when they watch or when they listen to the old podcast, we had a lot of, uh, non-native English speakers. Mm-hmm. And I think having the transcripts was helpful. Um, but the other one is I do actually throw pictures in there when there is something to put pictures in of. So, um, anyway, sorry to interrupt. Just yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, go yeah, I've got got some photos and and would would love to share. And so yeah, so this uh, you know this box drum, it's it's a scrap wood project. It's three quarter inch plywood and and uh, some like sixteenth uh, inch uh, plywood base and a dowel and a and a half a snare drum. Um, and uh, you know the elapsed time on the first one I built was, you know, probably 
18 months. You know, how long did it take me? It took me a weekend. How long went by? A year and a half. Yeah. Um, and so, it, you know, it's those kinds of things where I, I you know, I don't have a, a project and I'm not driving it forward. And so I'm, I'm hesitant to say, oh, I'm a, I'm a woodworker, right? I've got this in the pipeline and I turned this out the end. So that's part of it. I think the other part of it is I haven't, you know, dedicated time to learning the craft. I've done more of that lately, uh, right. To, to, you know, to better understand, you know, like music, right. To better understand what is a note, where does a note come from? Why is it, you know, why is it 12 tones? How are they structured? Uh, you know, what is, what is this wood? Why, you know, why, why do we work with it the way we do, uh, you know, with the grain against the grain. And you taught me when you were here last weekend, you know, you said it's, you know, if you think about the branches, right, it's, it's circles, you know, things, right. things are round. It's not, it's not flat. Yes. We cut it flat, but, uh, we've, we've cut a bunch of circles flat. Uh, and so thinking about it that way and spending more time, which is a little bit what I'm starting to do. And I think that effort to, you know, be able to comfortably say, you know, Yes, I'm a woodworker. I understand the medium I'm working with, uh, and and I, you know, I make it do what I want when it lets me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, I think so. That's two two parts of uh, you know. Uh, but thank you, by the way, for 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 the compliments and and uh, you know and, and and the things you've seen seen that I've built. I, and I think the the last part of that is right is is the technique and approach when it's like, why, well, you know, I cut it this way or I did this or I use this tool. Everything's a hammer. Um, <laughs> and you know, well, that's not the right way to do it. But you know, the more I've, I've done and things also, what I've realized is there isn't, you know, there isn't always one way. And I think actually you mentioned this, right? There's, there's lots of ways you can do it. There's lots of ways that work. Um, you know, find the one that works for you. For you, totally. Yeah, uh, and you know, as long as it, you know, it's safety. Um, sure. You know, is uh, although you know, a cut finger is a good way to learn. Just you don't know, not cutting it off is a bad uh, way to learn. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I as you, as you're well aware, I I significantly mm-hmm. injured myself on my table yeah, that's, saw. Yeah, that's. A, 15 years ago and yes it was a lesson <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, i shouldn't say but, a good way not a, like yeah. you, not a not a desired way to learn not a desired uh, way to learn but it, yeah, yes for it, sure. it, it will I, it will teach a lesson i take um, your point though um so for what it's worth and uh so first of all i really appreciate your perspective and i um i don't mean to say that i don't understand completely where you're coming from because you know especially i think with youtube um it's very easy to expose yourself to people that have um, mastered or are much farther along the journey than you are. And so, you know, one always, it's human nature to compare, but I, I will say, you know, I do consider you a woodworker. Um, now that said, I know that you have recently started to, as you mentioned, foray into hand tools. I am, people have heard me talk a lot about the fact that um, I enjoy uh, using hand tools in my work. Um, I think it would be easy to interpret that to say that I'm uh someone who espouses the view that hand tools are the right way to work or the only way to work or whatever, because there's a lot of that out there, right? That there are people that, that claim that I used to be more in that camp than I am right now. Um, 
I've kind of come around to a point which is that no, there are lots of different ways to work and um, lots of tools that all have different capabilities. And the the smart thing to do is to um, learn as many of them as you can. Um, you know, I don't know if I'd put it that way or not. I am super interested in learning lots of things. I think that's really, now that I said it out loud, that's really for me is a part of what it's about. It's like, okay, well, I could flatten this board with a planer or I could grab a plane or maybe at some point I'll be interested in Eastern style planes. Like how would a, how would a Chinese traditional woodworker do this? How would a Japanese traditional woodworker do this? Are those different? You know, what are other traditions? What are other tools? What are other techniques? And that's what I am actually, one of the things I'm super interested in is all these different ways. But all that said, having learned, you know, um, you know, a bunch of different ways, and I'm certainly far from exploring every corner of even one of the many things I'm interested in. Um, I do think it's super interesting to have the ability to choose between hand tools and power tools because there are cases and more, I think the thing for me was that there are more cases than I would have expected where the hand tool is not only quieter, but also faster. That's, that was kind of the surprising bit. Um, there are certainly many cases where, I mean, certainly if I needed to, um, you know, rip a piece of wood that was eight feet long into two pieces that were both eight feet long, right? Like to actually cut it down the middle. (laughs) There's almost no way doing that with a hand tool is faster than doing it with something like a table saw for sure. But, um, but there are other interesting aspects there where, where there actually are some operations that are faster and I don't necessarily want to go fast. That's like not my objective. Sometimes it is. I don't feel a need to, for instance, um, reduce the thickness of a piece of wood by taking a nail file out and, and doing it over the course of eight years, <laughs> right? Like speed is in fact an objective at times, but it's not the only objective. Anyway, that was a lot of words for me. Um, what I'm actually more interested in hearing what you have to say about like kind of what made you interested. I, I mean, you, you mentioned that you'd seen me do it. Okay, fine. So we can take that as given. But yeah, what, you, well, you go had, ahead, yeah. Yeah. You had a, I, I think an interesting perspective, which was, you know, which you said, learn, learn, you start by saying, learn as many different ways right. of doing it. And then you said, well, that's, that's the way I think about it. And, and that made me think, well, is that, you know, am I, am I, do I want to learn as many ways? And I think, no, it's, it's, for me, it was learn a way that interests you mm-hmm. and is, is available to you. Um, and it, it, you know, started with, with power tools, mm-hmm. uh, and then the, you know, hand tool options became interesting to me. Um, you know, partly through you, partly through other things I had seen, um, you know, other, other friends, um, you know, who, who I think I know a guy who would, you know, probably argue you on the, you know, ripping a board, uh, with a handsaw and, and he would be, you know, he would want to time it from the, you know, from the <laughs> right. time you right set up the saw and, and, you know, got your safety gear on and all that. But, um, sure. So I'll um, modify that to now 50 of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and certainly far less, less tired. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh, but, uh, so, so yes, arms, I think right. for me, it's, it's, uh, it's something that I that I find interesting, and and sometimes because it it is different, right? I've I've worked with uh, the you know the power tools um, that I have available to me, and so uh, you know 
this is uh, this is something that's that's different, and it's going to provide that newness and that interest because I'm I'm not really interested in you know sitting there and and cutting you know making a bunch of cuts on the you know on the on the chop saw and, and bring it over to the router table and and uh, and and because the project itself right isn't always the thing right like I don't need sure. I didn't need a box drum um, it just was a project that was approachable. Um, uh, and, uh, and sounded fun and it was, and now I've built, finished two of them and I have a third one mostly built and, and destined for someone. I said, as long as you're willing to wait, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's yours. So I think that's, yeah, I think it's, it's for me, it's what, you know, pick a method that interests you. I, the other, one of the other projects, uh, that I, I did recently was uh, just some some table legs and you saw these it's it's a half slot joint of two flat pieces of of uh, MDF and they stick together and some audio equipment can sit on top of them mm-hmm. uh, and there were two things that I wanted to learn out of that project because uh, I had some sawhorses that this equipment sat on and it worked fine um, didn't look fine in the living room. Uh, the <laughs> fact that I have a, you know, 16 channel mixer in my living room is, you know, uh, probably it's indicative a of, yeah, exactly. No, it's a statement. Yeah. So, uh, so the objective for that particular project was, well, the end result is something I'd like to have, but I'd like to learn, um, 3d modeling. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, because I have several ideas on how these legs might work uh, and building them and having them be wrong isn't very practical. That would be very frustrating. Um, although, as it turns out, I felt like building them in 3D maybe was equally frustrating. It was just less <laughs> wasteful of uh, <laughs> physical material. Right. Uh so that was one, one goal. Uh, and then the other was mildly working with, with MDF just as, as an experience. Cause I had done, you know, I've done a lot with, with pine and plywood things, um, but finishing just, then just and getting a nice aside, finish. Sorry. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Let's come back to that. But just as an aside, what did you think about working with MDF? It's very dusty. Yeah. Um, far dustier than I, I knew it would be dusty, but, but far more <laughs> than I expected. It's crazy dusty. Yeah. Um, I did like the fact that like it cuts, you know, like clean cuts and, you know, you don't, sure. you, you don't get the, the kind of the tear out and the chips, uh, you know, where you're working with a piece of, you know, the crappier, the plywood, the, the crappier, the result. <laughs> sure. Uh, um, All right. I was just curious because yeah, I, yeah. I, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for this like project, <laughs> for this project, it was, I think the right. Sure. Cho- a right choice. I could have easily done it with plywood. Um, I would be very select about what, yeah, what I would use it for on other of things. Course. I think for making like jigs, um, sure, yeah, like certain part of jigs. That's like that's because it's you know it's flat, it's stable. it's stable. Yep. Um, yeah. So jigs, I cheap. would I would go to cheap, yep. cheap ish anyway. I don't know what what it's, if it's gone the. Oh, I don't know if people are aware, but the price of wood over the last <laughs> year has gone up about f- a factor of four. Uh, I'm not sure whether that's true for MDF, given that it's made out of what we affectionately term, not so affectionately term, termite barf. Um, okay, cool. I just wanted to ask you about MDF real quick. But um, 
but you were talking about finishing, which I think is one of the more interesting parts of it for you. Yeah, I, you know, I, it, it's, it's, and that's actually one of the challenges that I always have with being motivated on a project is the further along in a project I get, a mistake, yes, you know, sets you back, uh, yep. oh, so far, and so I will, I will get more and more hesitant, uh, and I'm, I'm, I know that's common, um, and right up until the the finishing, um, I. I'm not interested in learning more about finishing, but there is so much to learn. I, I really just, I kind of want to have that thing that like this works. I know how to do it. I do it well. Um, but I feel in order to find that thing, I have to learn about it. So that's, mm-hmm. that's this funny catch, you know, catch 22. I think that I, I run into in a lot of things, right? Well, if I want to know how to do this, then I need to know everything about it. Um, <laughs> So that I can, so I know I've made the right decision, which is, it's ridiculous, but yeah, you know, it's part of being human. I, it's, I'm laughing because I, I've felt that exact thing any number of times. That's, that's funny to hear you say it. You know, it's get out of my head. Um, right. <laughs> uh, so have, have I recommended the Flexner book to you? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. The, there's a finish for the rest of the listeners. There's a finishing a book about finishing. One of the canonical books about finishing and woodworking is by uh, Bob Flexner. I forget the name, but I'll put it in the show notes. Anyway. Yeah. It's a, it's good. Um, you know, if you do want to understand finishes and finishing, it's a it's a useful resource. I also have to graduate off of plot. You know, plywood. Uh, sure. You know, to, to a lot of the things and a lot of things that I do. That's you know. Uh, like I said, plywood and pine. Uh, I'm a curler. Uh, is is one of the things. Uh, that yes, we need to talk I, about this so that people yeah. may not know what that means. Maybe you can just say just a little bit more about what you're referring to. Sure. So it's uh, it's an ancient Scottish sport um, where you slide stones down the ice towards a target, uh, and you affect their uh, trajectory and distance through sweeping, um, and uh, you drink beer. And I think that's a good summary of the sport. That is an excellent summary. Yeah. So you and a number of of my other friends in Minnesota are really hugely, really quite into this. I think it's, uh, it's been fun to watch how it's become such a thing. I, I, it's, it's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a curler. It's not a thing that happens around here very much, I guess, although maybe it does. I'm just not aware of it, but, uh, but obviously it's a huge deal, uh, where you live. I mean, the climate is more amenable to it, although you're, indoors in an ice rink so that's could something that could happen i mean if florida can have a hockey team then you know curling can happen anywhere yeah it is possible and it is growing uh it is a growing sport um but yes it is it is huge the uh the club that i belong to was an expansion of the oldest club uh minnesota the saint paul curling club uh was full and uh, the county uh had a nice a hockey facility that they had actually shut down and they said, Hey, do you want to expand? And, um, they ended up doing a spinoff and we became our own club. So we're the Frogtown curling club. Uh, and, um, it, we like to say, uh, uh many of those uh, friends that are, you know, uh, mutual friends of ours that now curl it's, it's a nerdy sport, uh, because mm-hmm. you can, you can analyze it, um, you know, you can talk, talk about the nuances and I, I think any sport you can get very nerdy about, sure. uh, but it's, um, you know, the, the physics of it, um, are, uh, 
not fully understood. It's a very hard <laughs> thing to really study the surface between a solid piece of granite and ice, right? Like you're you you can't really get instrumentation right in there. Because the conditions are essentially instantaneous, right? Exactly. Uh, and one of the things about curling um, that people don't realize uh, is that the ice is not smooth. We don't Zamboni the ice after uh, after people play. The, the ice makers um, who prepare the ice are very meticulous, and their goal is to get a perfectly flat sheet of ice uh, to start. And then they do uh, what's called pebbling. And so they take um, deionized water and uh, in a, like a backpack a container with a wand that has uh, a nozzle on the end that's got a bunch of, bunch of holes in it, uh, small holes. Actually, they, they have different size nozzles and they'll experiment with you know, different size water droplets. And they'll walk down... Um, the length of the ice and they'll wave this wand back and forth and sprinkle the water. And what happens is the, when the drops hit the ice, the, you know, they freeze in, in droplet format. So you have this kind of orange peel uh, texture mm-hmm. to the ice. And so without that on the ice, the rock actually wouldn't curl in a predictable fashion. But once you add that pebble and you add rotation to the rock, the rock curls in the direction of that rotation. And you're, you're talking about like something that people might have seen with like a bowling ball where really, really good bowlers can put English on or like a, or, or a baseball that's thrown where it actually curves. And that's, that's you're intentionally producing that by taking Correct. literal brooms and sweeping the ice yep. in front of this sliding. How heavy is it, the rock? Uh, about 45 pounds. Wow. Okay. That's actually, I yep. thought it was, I thought it was lighter than that. That is quite heavy yeah it's it's bonkers i mean not not i mean don't mean in a and in a negative way it's just no it is bonkers and it's exactly that way yeah it's really weird in a in an interesting and cool way and uh yeah i I don't know that's it's fat and just like i said it's been really fun to watch you and and my other friends back there who are really into it because people are really extremely into it in a way yeah i mean we could we could i could talk about it right for you know (laughs) Two, three hours and, and then say a bunch of things wrong that would, you know, raise the ire of, of other people or, or uh, you know, definitely get me uh, jabs. Um, Curling heresy. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating sport. There's fascinating physics behind it. It's, it's growing. Um, it's something that's harder than it looks. Uh, we, we've had um, <laughs> events with professional football players and uh, hockey players. Um, and, uh, you know, the guy like, how hard could this be? And <laughs> they fall down and uh, tip over and, you know, can't get the rock all the way down the ice. Um, and so it's, it's harder than it looks once, but it's pretty easy to learn. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. and then you can get better and better and better at it, right? Like you can, you can apply, little learnings, um, to improve your game. Uh, but it's also a social sport and a fun sport. And so if you don't want to get better at it and you don't want to learn, 
yeah, you can play too. And, and, and we'll have fun and we'll laugh. Um, and then, you know, we'll have a beer with the other team. Uh, and that's actually one of the things I love about the sport is that it's part of the social culture is you, you know, you participate after the game with the other team versus mm-hmm. going off to your own corners and just, you know, being angry about everything that went wrong. You get together and you laugh about how ridiculous this game is. You're sliding <laughs> rocks down ice and sweeping it and yelling at each other. Um, yeah. So, so it's, it's funny in, in a way it puts me in mind of a question I wanted to ask you earlier, which is, you know, when I talk to the people that I talk to and we talk about a variety of things, you know, on the show, although, you know, there's a bit of a theme, but, but, um, one of the things that happens a lot is you find that the people that are into making or into software are also into music and like you've worked in software for a long time. So we haven't talked about that at all, but you know, that's part of your professional life as well. Um, But it, it, you know, and we've, this is another one of those that you you mentioned like, you know, curling debates that can go on forever. This is, I feel like this is another one that we could talk about forever. I'm still interested in your perspective. What, what's going on? Like what is the thing that makes, software and curling and you know uh woodworking and um music all kind of the same thing if that makes any sense i suspect it does to you yeah it, it it does um and i think it's that ability it's that ability to like pull it apart and analyze it um and it's problem solving, right? It, what mm-hmm. it, you know, what is it we're trying to achieve? What do, you know, what do, what do we want this wood to do? What shape at the end of the day or in the middle of the you know the project? Why is this you know why is this not doing what I want it to do? Um, in the middle of a curling game, right? How has the ice changed? What are the conditions? Uh, what have I learned in this you know in this game? Uh, music, right? You can you can tear it down to the fundamentals of vibrations, and then build it back up uh, into this thing that is amazing and infinite, right? It can it can do whatever you want it to do. And software, same way, right? We're trying to solve some sort of problem, right? This is this is going to make my life better or more beautiful or more interesting. Uh, and so what tools do I have to craft, uh, that solution? Um, why is it not doing what I think it should be doing? <laughs> I don't know that feeling at all. I have no idea. My software always works perfectly. Always on the works first perfectly. Try. Yeah. So, um, and then, uh, and, uh, there is maybe not with curling, but there's, you know, so much of it out there, right? Software, uh, technology is, you know, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and music is, is everywhere that you, you constantly get that chance to, um, kind of apply that knowledge and that experience and think about it. I mean, the crossover, uh, is, you know, there's a app that I've been using to help build set lists and, uh, catalog songs and, and track lyrics. And it's, it's a nice little app. Um, and, you know, but as you use it, you know, a lot of people using it might say, oh, it'd be nice if it did this. And I break it down and go, well, gee, if, if this feature was added, here's how I'd implement it. 
<laughs> you know, this is this is the structure that I do, or this is this is how I'd organize that data. Um, and so it's I think it's that ability to that the common thread is is right. It's it's components and problem solving that you can tear down and, and build up, um, and you can kind of do all that in your head. Um, you know whenever you want. And then every once in a while you actually do it in real life and you, you go, Oh, I should have started that a while ago. <laughs> yes. There's a whole show by itself. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 and as you're talking, that all seems, that all seems very, very correct to me, but I, I also wonder whether there's an element of um, bottomlessness, mm. like all of the things that we're talking about. I mean, you, you touched on this already where you said, you know, you can, you can get better, right? Like music is clearly something you're never done with woodworking is something you're never done with right there's always there's always more and i think maybe importantly there's more in an accessible way yeah uh, actually i know a guy you, you know him too as a friend of our we have th- three brothers <laughs> one of our other brothers is a friend uh and he was a pretty serious guitar player uh and he said he got to the point where he was practicing six and seven hours a day but for whatever reason he wasn't getting better and he stopped and so I wonder whether, you know, some of this is like, you know, I, I play the bass and I know that if I pick it up and spend time on it, I'm going to get better somehow, right? Like it's bottomless. I'll never get to the end, but I'm pretty sure I'll always be able to make progress. Um, and I wonder whether if there was some, like, like this guy, Eric, right? If he, he kind of hit the wall, I wonder if that would take away that aspect of it, if you see what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. And I think, you know, I think about that right that learning plateau right and very very common in music um but i think it you know really does apply to anything sure. uh where where you you build up a skill and then you you don't see that improvement and so is that you know is that a long plateau um because you know i think the the question that i'd like to ask eric is you know what was it or or where was it that you were trying to get better or was it an external judgment, right? Mm. That like you, you, you know, if you're trying to, you know, sell your woodworking or, or, you know, do music professionally. Um, and I, and I, you know, it's always that like, it's, it's always enjoyable until you, you know, until you have to do it for a living. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, although some, you know, some people have, have found, uh, you know, that, that happiness balance and that that's great. Um, I think that's, you know, but that is a challenge of why are they hobbies? And I, I think you might've even talked about this in a, in a previous episode, right? It's, it's because, because it's not work, right? right. Why do I woodwork? Uh, because it's not work. Why do I uh, enjoy gardening? Because it's, it's like the opposite of technology, right? right. It's, it's, there's nothing. Uh, I mean, I, we could probably have a whole show on how it is a lot like technology, but let's not ruin it. Um, (laughs) all right fair enough (laughs) awesome yeah super interesting um yeah there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot to unpack in any one of the things we've talked about so far but i know that you have a thing you need to get to and so i um uh before we kind of go to the final question i do like to check in with my guest and say hey before we start to close down is there is there anything else that we should talk about before we go? Anything you want people to know about you or anything you think we uh, didn't quite reach closure on? Uh, we will have you back on, of course. Uh, you've been far too interesting not to do that. But uh, if there's anything you want to talk about today before we move on to our final question, uh, we can hit that. 
No, I think uh, this has been fun. I very much enjoyed it. Uh, like all projects or experiences, there's always that hesitation of, will I have something to talk about? Would, you know, will it be interesting? <laughs> Where will it go? And uh, uh, I enjoyed it. I hope uh, I hope other people uh, do as well. I know that uh, I did uh, listen to uh, you know previous episodes, uh, as, and as I was driving back uh, from a. a an event down in Iowa a couple weekends ago, I almost ran out of gas because I was so <laughs> engrossed in listening. Oh, that's yeah. So, that's so awesome to hear. I mean, I don't want you to get stranded in Iowa of all yeah. places, but um, so. no, that's that's super nice of you to say, so I really appreciate that. Well, you know, and it's funny because you're not the first guest to say, well, I don't know if I had anything to talk about. Um, you know, I think Fogus said that maybe before his episode, and of course, if you listen to that one, it was, in my opinion, fascinating, but I am never in any doubt that we will, that we will not, I should say we, that my guests will have many interesting things to say. And hopefully I'll ask some, some questions that make it easy for that to do so. But I do have one more question for you since we seem to have reached a good closing point on the rest of our conversation, which is uh, what advice would you give our audience? We always ask our guests at the end of the show uh, to share a piece of advice. It can of course be about anything. It can be advice they've been given advice uh, they wish they were given or really anything in the nature of advice. So what advice do you have for our audience, Clint? Well, I was glad I knew about this question ahead of time because uh, I think it is it is one that requires a little bit of pondering. Um, and that there were two that came to mind. And one was actually, I, I thought, appropriate just because it was advice from our father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he's told me, going, when I was going to college, he said, get a credit card and pay it off. Mm. Uh, and that was good advice, uh, because it was a habit I built, um, and has served me well. So that's, Mm. I think, um, from our dad, good advice. Uh, and then the piece that, well, maybe let you, uh, I don't know if he gave you the same advice. (laughs) No, actually. Um, but it's, it's great advice. And I think, uh, if he didn't give it to me directly, uh, he did, they did, our parents did something that, um, instilled that, um, the the root of that right because i feel like everybody in our family has um has an appropriate attitude towards their finances so uh so that's it's great to hear it summarized that way though i think it's really good advice yeah because i mean yeah when you, you know you go and it's it's just like everybody wants to give you a credit card so get one and build the habit yeah but then the the second piece that i was thinking about is when i used to you know we would have these conversations and it was really pre-pandemic um you know kind of philosophical conversations about, you know, what, what what do you want to tell people? Um, and it was, it was always travel, um, that, that, uh, a friend that I went to high school with when we would talk about, uh, you know, uh, if more people traveled, um, and, and just had, you know, global experiences, ideally, right. Seeing different cultures, um, experiencing, you know, experiencing different parts of the world, seeing, uh, you know, seeing how, how we're the same and how we're different, uh, and how that makes things, uh, you know, interesting and wonderful now with the pandemic and yes, it's, uh, you know, knock on wood winding down and, and, uh, and we can, you know, uh, assist in, in, uh, global vaccination push and, and, uh, reticence in the u.s and all of that uh so so as i was thinking about it it was you know well travels maybe not you know the best advice um but i think fundamentally what it is is take time to step back and get a different perspective i think Mm -hmm. that's that's really the 
you know, the lesson or the piece that, that, that I, you know, want people to think about. I like mm-hmm. to say a lot of times in, in, at work, it's like, these are, these are good ideas. You're, you, you might not be right. You're probably not wrong either. Right. There, mm-hmm. there, there's lots of different perspectives and let's, let's hash them out and then find, you know, find a thing that works best or that we can do. Um, but recognize that there are different ways to do it, which was also interesting because as I thought about this, uh, quite a bit in the last couple of days, I also actually kind of applied that back to woodworking and it was like, yeah, you know, find, find a method that works and, um, you know, that's okay. Uh, find another one that works and see if you like that better. I love it. I love it. No, it's great advice. You know, the perspective thing, like you touched on that when you talked about, um, you know, uh, building the class that it helped you get a different perspective. So I think there's all sorts of useful bits of information in there. Um, well, I do know I, I do need to let you get going and much as I'm sure we could talk for quite a bit longer, but uh, this has been a super interesting discussion. And I, I really appreciate you taking the time um, uh, to come on and, and talk to me. I mean, I always enjoy talking no matter what, but letting me hit record and put this on the internet, I certainly appreciate that. Um, so thanks a ton for coming on. Uh, happy to do it. Uh, gl- glad you asked me. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, look forward to this and future episodes. Yeah, um, thank you. It's, it's been enjoyable to listen to. Cool. So. Yeah, so I, and I realize that I, I, I have been missing an opportunity for a way to close the show. I think uh, the conversation we had today is, is great fodder for how I would like to start doing that from now on, which is I hope that this conversation will be inspiring to people to go and get smarter and make stuff. See you next time. You have been listening to Get Smarter and Make Stuff. I'm your host, Craig Andera. Visit the show online at getsmarterandmakestuff.com. That's all spelled out, all one word. Go there to subscribe to and comment on the show, read the blog, view the gallery, and find a link to the Get Smarter and Make Stuff YouTube channel. Come on by. We're also on Twitter at Make Smart Stuff. If you enjoyed the show and feel like sharing with others you think might like it too, I'd certainly appreciate it. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Thank you.